golf, and rock and roll. Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going. We were born to drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on FM 96.9 The Game. Hey, bring me another bucket of balls. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Will Perry and live from the World Golf Village in the World Golf Hall of Fame in beautiful St. Augustine. Holly G. Hey, Will. Thanks for holding down the fort. Hey, Holly. You know, beautiful, yes, maybe two days ago. So glad I beat the storm because it was, the the rain was coming down real hard. The wind was picking up. It was a brutal, actually, a little bit on the way back. So glad I, I was able to get out of there on time. But, man, we had a good time up there the past couple of days for the ING uh, International Network of Golf Conference, and it was cool getting to spend some time up there at the Hall of Fame. Yeah, it sure was. I just finished a, a two-hour tour of the Hall of Fame. We're going to be talking to Dave Cordera, who's the Director of Communications for the Hall of Fame, a little bit later on in our segment uh, to tell us all the great things that are going on up here Really something to put on your uh, travel list for this summer for all our listeners in the Orlando area because it is quite an incredible living museum. Uh, They keep the Hall of Fame so up to date. Uh, Even after the TPC, they had uh, all the updates from the new, uh, new champion to the updated hole in ones on 17. It's pretty remarkable. You know, it was really one of my favorite parts. I, I actually spent a good good amount of time talking with Dr. Tony Parker, uh, who's the historian up there. I mean, last night I had uh, he sat next to me at dinner. And, I mean, he's just a wealth of knowledge when it comes to the stories. It's one of those situations where you could literally sit probably over multiple bottles of wine, and, and Dr. Tony could just continue to feed you all of this nostalgia um, just like endlessly. And I was just sitting there like a kid listening to his grandpa just tell him stories of the good old days. No no doubt about it. Um, Tony spent quite a bit of time over in St. Andrews at the old course before he came here to the World Golf Hall of Fame. And he is just a, he's, he's a, an incredible guy, really so informed on the history of the game and the new exhibits here at the World Golf Hall of Fame are, are worth coming to take a look at. And like I said, we're going to talk more about that in a little bit. But, uh, Will, let's talk a little golf before we get more into uh, our totally. conference and some of the things we saw there. Pretty exciting finish on Sunday at the AT&T Byron Nelson. A name that you've Billy. been throwing around a little while for the, I would say, probably the past year. I know you're a fan of Billy Horschel. Billy Horschel racks up his fourth win. And the first one since his 2014 Tour Championship and FedEx Cup. 
win. So this was this was big for Billy. He'd been on a little bit of a drought. Yeah, quite a bit. I mean, like you mentioned, it's been you know a couple of years since he he came on strong there that that end of the year when he played well in the playoffs. He won. I think he won two events. Right. He won the tour championship and. I'm not 100% certain if it was the Barclays or if it was, um, was it the he Deutsche Bank fire. Championship? Let's, let's just say those yeah. last uh, three tournaments, he, he was on fire and came into the came into the zone at the right time and uh, banked himself that $10 million. So, uh, this, uh, right right this, time this, to get hot. <laughs> yeah. That's I, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So it was a fun leaderboard on Sunday. Uh, went back and forth uh, quite a bit on the back nine. Jason Day uh, finishing second, his best finish since the PGA Championship last year. Looked like maybe it was going to be, you know, Jason's day. Oh, but, okay. Uh, I see what you did there. Probably something that we can ask uh, Jeff Babineau a bit, who is going to be our next guest. And, you know, Jeff's always got some interesting perspective on Jason. So that's definitely something I want to ask him about for sure. Missing a four-foot putt um, in the first playoff hole, uh, you know, not something you want to see happen. As, as Billy said, he's been in that position, and you know, you really uh, hate to hate to lose a playoff that way. And James Hahn, who uh, was seeking his third win, had a few bogeys down the stretch, needed the eagle on 18, and nearly chipped it in with a. About 120 yards out. That was pretty exciting. And well, the thing was, the course was playing really tough on in the final round on Sunday. There was only, I mean, there was obviously other rounds that were under par, but I mean, one, two under par, pretty much of anybody in in the actually looking at it right now in the top 20. Um, there was Nick Taylor did shoot a five uh, five under um, uh, 65, but. I mean, overall, it was tough sledding out there. There wasn't, uh, it's not like everyone was lighting it on fire, though, either. No, and, um, you know, uh, DJ finishing, what, 13th, not his best showing, and uh, I'm not sure exactly where Jordan finished, but uh, certainly not the the tournament he was looking for as the defending champ. No, absolutely. Um, Texas is a place that he loves to play, having you know, gone to school there, um, has played well there in the past. And what, what it, I think it was like a tied for 16th or something and where he made uh, his, his PGA Tour debut. Like, I don't even know how long it was ago at this point. Maybe five or six years ago, he was like 17. Yes. Yep, he was. So uh, definitely a place that yes. he likes to play well at, too. And, uh, you know, his, his home turf, if you will, in the Dallas area. So, um you know, maybe, uh, you know, he seems to feel that his game is almost right there. And we know with these guys uh, every, every week, there there are a whole bunch of them that uh, feel like they're close. Uh, speaking of wins, Bernhard Langer winning the Champions Tour Tradition Tournament, the first uh, major of the year. The Germinator. Is, is he ever yeah, going to get tired of him. winning of winning majors and winning Champions Tour events? I mean, it's just like eight for under. like ten years, like it's just nonstop. Well, eight under sixty four matches Jack Nicklaus's eight PGA Tour champion titles. He won with a five stroke victory, pretty uh, solid. Yeah, very convincing. I mean, he's just. He's kind of like the ageless wonder when it comes to the uh, 
you know, the Champions Tour by this point. I mean, he's just he's had a, a control on on that tour now for just a number of years. It doesn't seem like he's slowing down anytime soon, that's for sure. No, and they this week uh, they go back-to-back with the KitchenAid Senior PGA Championship, which will be at Trump National Golf Club in D.C. Defending champ is Rocco Mediate. So, uh, you know, lots, lots going on with the Champions Tour. And over on the LPGA, Lexi Thompson sets a scoring record to win her eighth LPGA title at Kingsmill. How about these numbers, Will? 65, 65, 69, 65. You think maybe she had a little bit of a chip on her shoulder trying to, uh, to show everyone that she really wanted that victory, I'm sure. Well, she is remarkable, and as we all know, that, that bounce back um, out in Palm Springs earlier in the year was uh, quite impressive given what happened with that rules infraction, but uh, she continues to you know, just show how good a player she is. And um, in college golf, uh, lots of um, promotion going on right now, and eyeballs tuning in to the NCAA Division I Championship. The women are playing this week at Rich Harvest Farms. And um, let's see, I believe, do I have Arizona State rallied and faces Northwestern in the NCAA Finals. And Arizona State's Monica Vaughn wins the women's golf title. So next week is the men's championship. Lots going on in the college golf world. And, of course, you can tune into the Golf Channel, they've got wall-to-wall coverage of that. But as we've seen, uh, especially you know, last year, that exciting men's title, Will, um, a lot of great players that have jumped right out of college onto the PGA Tour. Totally. I mean, Oregon winning it right in their backyard. I mean, that's, it doesn't really get much better than that. As you know, I'll be pulling for my UCF Knights. Uh, we haven't had too much of success in the, in the NCAA tournament uh, over the long haul, but Obviously, I'm a bit of a homer when it comes to that, so hopefully my Knights will, will do uh, everyone proud here th- uh, these next coming weeks. Absolutely. Well, uh, it, we are, you know, as we said, we're now in the height of the golf season. Lots going on, and um, we've got a lot to talk about tonight. We're going to have Jeff Babineau from Golf Week coming up in our next segment, as well as uh, some more discussion about our ING conference, some of the great new products we saw here, as well as uh, checking in and seeing uh, what things are, what's going on this week with the LPGA. So uh, lots more golf talk. Stay with us. The Golf Insiders, 96.9 The Game. We'll be right back. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. We're back. The Golf Insiders in the house. Will Perry on the road again. Holly G calling in from the World Golf Village and the World Golf Hall of Fame just up the road in St. Augustine. 
hope uh, all our listeners are taking it easy on those wet fairways of I-4, Will. We definitely dodged some nasty weather up here earlier in the day. No, no golf this afternoon, but uh, we had a chance, as we were mentioning earlier, to get a great tour of the World Golf Hall of Fame and something uh, to uh, put on your list this summer. If you're going to be doing some traveling, maybe bring the kids along. Lots of great things to do up here and uh, experience the World Golf Hall of Fame. Absolutely. There's, there's so much there you can do. You can almost spend a full day there. Uh, just a quick reminder for all the Golf Insiders fans, we've got some really good content on the podcast coming to you this week. We got a nice uh, interview with Dave Pels coming your way. We've got, uh, you also had a chance to sit down with the crew at uh, Visit Mississippi, maybe a little bit of a hidden gem where we'll be taking our ING trip to next year, uh, as well as a bunch of new content on the blog. So have a look out for that. And, um, you know, I, we have Jeff uh, Jeff Babino's uh, coming right with us now, right? Absolutely. I think Babs is on the line from Golf Week, so we can check in and uh, talk a little bit about Billy Horschel's big win on Sunday, Jeff. That's right. Yeah, I'm here in Orlando, huddled under my umbrella, <laughs> weathering the storm. But, uh, yeah, it was good to see Billy Horschel back in the winner's circle. You know, he's been kind of a streaky player, and, uh, you know, it came out after his win. It, there was uh, big stuff going on behind the scenes with, with Billy and his wife, Brittany, you know, uh, coming out and uh, talking about her battle with alcoholism and, and what they faced in the last year with, you know, their young parents and have young kids and, and, uh, you know, it just reminds, it's a reminder that there's a lot more with these guys uh, that we watch on TV every weekend afternoon. There's a lot more to their lives than we really see on the golf course. And, and that, kind of, that kind of brought a new light to Billy's win and kind of what he's been going through. And uh, so it was, it was exciting. Yeah, it was a good win for him and a quality win, and hopefully he can build on that. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, he's, you know, been, been known as a – you know, one of these players that likes, you know, he, he definitely doesn't hold back. He at times is uh, very honest about his feelings on things. And, again, one of those guys that, um, you know, really, really tells it like it is, maybe at times, uh, you know, controversially. But that's, I think, one of the things that has kept Billy on people's radars for a long time. Yeah, and you know he's a Gator. He's a Florida Gator, so he's a longtime Florida guy. And and uh, on, on our end of the business, I mean, when we're looking to talk to players and and get their perspectives and their takes on things, you know, he's a refreshing guy to talk to because he does tell you what he feels. And and uh, I, I appreciate that. You know, it certainly helps us in our business. And um, he's a, he's got a lot of talent. I mean, I was watching him, you know, down the stretch Sunday going against. James Hahn and then Jason Day. You know, it looked like Jason Day was kind of getting his swagger back. We've, we've been waiting to see that. But uh, I just Billy Horschel swings it so well. He works with Todd Anderson, who now is up at uh, TPC Sawgrass, and and uh, he swings it so well. And when he's on, he's like, why isn't this guy in the hunt more often? But, I mean, he's got four tour wins now, and so he's building that resume, and you know, it's the same number as Ricky, and, and here we go. Well, this, you know, tournament carries the legendary name of Byron Nelson, and it manages to uh, have a, you know, a good field. And this was the 21st playoff in the tournament history, Jeff? Wow. I, Paul, I didn't see that. I mean, I know it's the 35th playing 
at Las Colinas. And I, I don't think any of these players, you know, I think this week they'll tell you they love Colonial as a golf course. I don't think anybody loved Las Colinas and they tried to tweak it and fix it. And it's never really, a, you know, a real, you know, TPC Las Colinas was nobody's favorite track. But, but really that tournament, I, I wrote a column on Sunday just kind of appreciating that tournament for what it's given us. It's given us a lot of history and a lot of great champions. And, you know, it's where Sergio showed up first time as a pro it's where we saw jordan speed that as a 16 year old kind of jump in the mix on a weekend nobody knew anything about that kid and and uh, it's really had a great history so it moves on to a new venue next year a core crenshaw track and uh but it leaves a lot of history behind at las colinas and uh, a lot of entertaining days Jeff, you had mentioned, you know, with Billy Horschel being a streaky player, a couple of years back he went on that run in the playoffs. I mean, did we did we see kind of enough from him that maybe he might put together a little bit of a stretch here over the next couple of weeks into the month and maybe even put his name, you know, in contention for a couple of these majors that are coming up? Well, you know, you look at that streak a few years ago. He, he hit a ball in the, in the junk uh, trying to get home in two on the last hole at Deutsche Bank and was runner-up and, Afterwards, he talked about that it wasn't nerves at all. Everyone thought he kind of hit kind of a choky kind of shot, and uh, he said it wasn't nerves at all. And and he didn't know whether to believe him or not, but you certainly believed him when he went out the next two weeks and won. So he showed he can kind of grab that momentum and really do big things with it. Uh, he's playing this week, and he's got you know the U.S. Open up around the corner. So uh, he he hopped in the top sixty, and now he's exempt for that. So you know. He's shown before that he can kind of capitalize and go on these kind of runs. He's done it once. So that's certainly what you're looking to do as a PGA Tour player. So they're teeing it up at Colonial this week in Fort Worth. Um, Siwoo Kim is making his first start since winning the players two weeks ago. We know he was forced to withdraw with a sore back at the Byron Nelson. Um, Garcia uh, will be playing. He you know, seemed to stumble a little bit. Uh, on Sunday, uh, Phil Nicholson's in the field. Jordan Speed. Uh, who who are you uh, looking at this week? You know, John Rom. John Rom's got five top ten, top, five top five in his last nine starts. That's impressive. Uh, Duffner, I think Duffner is a guy to watch on that golf course. I think Kucher's kind of moving in the right direction. He's now it's kind of rare to find him out of the top ten. He's on one of those runs, and and Zach Johnson plays real well there. So. Yeah, it's kind of a uh, it's a place that lets all kinds of players in, a little like, you know, the way TPC Sawgrass does or a Harbor Town does. You don't have to be a bomber at Colonial, uh, and it's uh, you know these guys really enjoy that. It gets it's a it's a great one to win. It's one of those ones where you get your name up on the on the uh, brick wall if you win there, and and there's some great names up there, and and every player wants to do it. So from you know, and it's a place too that comes with a little bit of nostalgia to it, right? I mean, uh, has a lot of history. Um, probably one of the the more well known places that have been around on tour for quite a while. Yeah, it's got a great atmosphere, and you know, it's got the Hogan legend there. You got the big statue of Hogan, and he won there five times, and and all the Dallas guys. You know, through the years, Dallas has always been a big hub for tour players. So, you know, a lot of it, like uh, Ryan Palmer is a member there. Uh, you know, speech from Dallas, Fort Worth area. So it's kind of playing home for him. So, you know, great crowds. Uh, I went out there the year that Annika played. It was it was electric for two days, watching Annika play against the tour pros, and uh, it was really exciting. So it's a place, yeah, it has some nice 
it's kind of like uh, quiet uh, esteem, nice, nice uh, reputation and great tradition there. And you feel it when you're on the grounds. It's, so it's one of those kind of cool events to see. Jeff, we're, you know, just a few weeks out now from the U.S. Open. Um, what, what are you hearing about the golf course? And, um, you know, kind of give us a little preview of what, what you see for this year's second major. I mean, I, I think it's going to be like a test that everyone's going to cram for. I, I don't hear a lot of guys going in there early. There are a few. I know Rory's going to go in there early, and usually Phil does. But you ask a lot of these guys about Aaron Hills, and a handful of guys played it when the U.S. Amateur was there in, in uh, 10, I believe. Uh, but but most of these guys kind of shrug their shoulders and don't know anything about the golf course, you know. So they're going to have to get there on property on Sunday, Monday, and start really learning that place in a hurry. I think it's kind of going to be kind of lengthy. It's going to be a, a good test. Um, I asked Brad Faxon, was just on site there for a couple of days with Fox, and I asked him if he liked the golf course, and he said he, he does. So uh, it's another one of those public – you know, the public can play there, just uh, like a Chambers Bay or a Torrey Pines. I think it's cool when the U.S. Open goes to a place that, you know, Joe Sixpack can play, and, and that'll add some intrigue to it. So who are you looking at to uh, win at Colonial on Sunday before we let you go, Bab? Well, I'll go with uh, – I'll give it a little John Rahm. Let's see. I'll go with the hot hand kind of getting back after his rough Saturday at uh, – at the players, maybe he'll climb back in there and hoist another trophy. That would be pretty interesting. It would also be uh, interesting to see how Siwoo Kim comes back and, uh, you know, if he can maybe not win but have another good showing. It's going to be a yeah. fun, fun week weekend of golf at a classic right. tournament. And he'll sleep in his own bed. He's got to like that. And, and Spieth's got the old putter back in the bag, and you'll have to watch out for him too. Awesome. All right, Jeff Babineau, as always, we appreciate your time. Check all out the great coverage on golfweek.com. Thanks, Bab. You got it. See you, Holly Will. Thank you. Yeah, this is the Golf Insiders. More golf talk coming up. Stay with us. Hey, Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, it's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play in pebble. Won't pay the price. I love my Muni. I think it's nice. It good to just make We're back. The Golf Insiders in the house. Will Perry and live from the World Golf Village and the World Golf Hall of Fame, just up the road in St. Augustine, Holly G. We've just, uh, we're just wrapping up the 27th annual ING Spring Conference, and we've had uh, quite uh, four days here, Will. Some of the biggest names in the golf business, over 150 people at this industry conference, and as we've been talking about, a really special, extraordinary chance to see up close and personal the World Golf Hall of Fame, and it's a pleasure to introduce Dave Cordero, who's the Director of Communications and uh, good friend. Dave, what an extraordinary couple of days we've had. Thank you yeah. so much for being on the show. Yeah, Holly, what'd you think? I mean, how many times have you been to the museum? 
Well, here's I haven't been back in probably over a decade. And um, I've, I've been saying loud and clear since we started the show tonight that it should be on everybody's bucket list to come up if they have some time this summer, bring the family, easy to get here, just uh, two hours up the road from Orlando. Uh, the World Golf Hall of Fame is amazing. 35,000 feet of exhibition space, Dave. Truly a special place. Yeah, well, you know, everybody who lives in Florida – knows that everything happens off Interstate 95, and we're located right off 95. I mean, there's really no excuse. And as you've seen, Holly, it's it's a bucket list destination. There's a lot of stuff to do once you enter World Golf Village. We have two championship golf courses, Bill Murray's Caddyshack Restaurant, the 35,000 square feet of exhibition space that is the World Golf Hall of Fame and Museum, as you mentioned. We have an IMAX movie theater for the kids. We have an 18-hole natural grass putting green, which is a lot of fun. We have a challenge hole, which is a replica of number 17 at TPC Sawgrass that all museum guests get a crack at. So I'll tell you what, I've been here for three years, going on three years, and I'm not looking back. It's been a, it's been a blast the way that we've been able to preserve the history of the game, but also to continue to turn over our exhibits and keep them fresh and keep them timely. You know, we have an exhibit that celebrates uh, all the scores um, under 60. So the exhibit's called Breaking 60. So, you know, Justin Thomas and Adam Hadwin, we have artifacts from them. We have an Olympic exhibit, and we have uh, memorabilia and artifacts from the winners uh, for the men's and the women's. So when you're a guest here, you're going to see, sure, you're going to see items from Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicholas and Gary Player, but you're also going to get a taste of uh, current events, and, and that's what's really exciting for me. Yeah, no doubt about it. And you've also unveiled a new exhibition, The Player's Experience. Uh, tell me uh, and our listeners a little more about that. Well, the, the Player's Championship, you know, it's, it's taken on, it's been in existence actually the same amount of time as the World Golf Hall of Fame. It's about 35 years in existence, uh, dating back to 1974, and it has become, uh, you know, quite the event. You know, a lot of golf journalists will refer to it as the fifth major. Uh, nobody in Ponte Vedra will refer to it as, as, a, as the fifth major, but certainly it has taken on uh, a look and a feel, uh, the, the best field in golf. I think, what, two weeks ago, I think we had all the top, uh, you know, 50 golfers, except for maybe one of them wasn't there. So, and it's a very important event in Northeast Florida, which is where the Hall of Fame is, uh, you know, here in St. Augustine. So we thought it was appropriate to have an to have an exhibit that really paid homage to this this event. There's been 13 Hall of Fame members who have won the event. You know, Jack Nicholas has won th- uh, three times. So we have an exhibit that's it's really it's really cool. We have things like Jerry Pate's golf bag, and you're going to have uh, Greg Norman's commemorative gold putter from when he won that was given him by Ping. But my favorite part is we have uh, it, it's called the 17th hole. It's a it's a pressure shot. So you stand in front of this large screen, and it shows you what it's like to actually hit a ball on 17. And it, it describes it's only a 137 yard shot. But then you factor in the water and the crowd, and you really get a sense of what these players face. So I would say that's my favorite exhibit. Uh, it's about 1,800 square feet. 
talks about the numbers of hole-in-ones that we've had. There's a lot of video, and as I mentioned, uh, a lot of cool artifacts. You know, we even have Pete Dye's muddy boots <laughs> that are featured. You know, Pete yeah. Dye designed TPC uh, Stadium course. So all of that wrapped in one big package, and, and for me, that's, that's one of my favorites. Steve. I'll tell you what. I, I stood on that, on that uh, interactive um, 17th green today, and it, it is so cool because <laughs> you hear this. They, they bring in the crowd noise, and you hear this heartbeat, ba-boom, yeah. ba-boom, emphasizing the pressure, right, that, oh, yeah. that the players face. And it's so cool. If you, if you don't get a chance to actually play the island green, that's the next best thing. No, it, it absolutely is, and like I said, we also have the challenge hole outside where you actually can hit a golf ball. You know, the the simulation inside the exhibit, you just stand there and you're able to kind of absorb what that pressure would look like. But no, Holly, I'm, I'll tell you what. Like I said, I've, you know, I came from California, so I'd never been to uh, to Northeast Florida. And when I got here, the first thing I said was, "Wow, people can truly come here and never leave." You buy a museum ticket; it's good for two days. And with the inclusion of the golf courses that are here and the movie theater and the restaurants, you know, you, you stayed at the Renaissance Hotel, you know, very nice hotel, great restaurant, great service. I mean, truly, um, if you're looking to do a nice golf vacation, it's a fantastic place. Dave, you kind of touched on a little bit of some aspects for some of the younger kids, the juniors. You guys have a huge initiative right now to bring these school programs uh, into the Hall of Fame I mean, it, talk about the aspect of it kind of being a place for the whole family. Yeah, well, we, we get uh, thousands and thousands of school groups that come through the museum. Uh, we have a, a science of golf program that we, that we showcase. Uh, a lot of these kids will see documentaries in the IMAX movie theater. Uh, but it's, it's neat. There's, there's kids having lunch here, and they're getting a chance to, to see a little bit of golf history, and that's really important for us. I mean, we all know that in the golf industry, one of the big pushes is to get you know, kids involved. The other thing I'll say is uh, at World Golf Village, we have a PGA Tour Golf Academy that has a real big emphasis on juniors. Um, so my, speaking for myself, my son's nine. He has gone to multiple camps at this PGA Tour Golf Academy. But it, World Golf Village in general is very family-friendly. We're doing a lot of new – a lot of new houses are being built as we speak. Holly, I don't know if you had a chance to see those. So we're very yeah. – very excited about the future of World Golf Village and getting more tenants and getting more retail uh, business around in and around the village, around the lake. And we feel like this is a place that could really, really take off here um, in the next couple of years. Not only do you have um, personal memorabilia and artifacts from, you know, the Hall of Fame members and, and many of the, you know, the major events. Uh, but the, the first part of the museum is all about the history of the game, going back to like the 1600s and, you know, how the, the name of the game came about and how it evolved. And you get to see uh, some of the, you know, original types, well, sort of clubs. Some of these things look, you know, more like gardening tools. I don't know how they ever played with them, including, uh, you know, the original balls that they played with, the feathery and you know, the percha ball, and it's, it, it really is something. And you get a chance to putt, you know, with some of the clubs and use some of the old balls. But you also have to Dr. Tony Parker, who is the historian, uh, just the most delightful guy. And, boy, does he bring that place to life. Well, especially, you know, we're 
you know, you're in Orlando. We, we've taken Dr. Tony Parker. He's our historian. He started about six months before I did, and he's got an amazing past. So he is a Georgia boy, went to University of Georgia. But he spent the last 21 years at the University of St. Andrews, where he was the golf curator uh, for their golf collections. And, I mean, this guy, I mean, he is just a book of knowledge. Uh, you know, he brags to me that I can't stump him on any, <laughs> on any question. He knows everything. But we've actually leveraged him in a big way, and he's gone down to Golf Channel. He makes appearances once a month on behalf of the Hall of Fame, talking about artifacts as it relates to, you know, Byron Nelson. You know, we just had the Byron Nelson tournament, you know, Ben, ben Hogan, the Memorial's coming up, which is Jack's tournament. And so we have items. We have items from all of those inductees. We bring things down to Golf Channel, and he's able to talk about them. But he's been a great addition to the hall. I think adds a lot of credibility to what we're trying to do here, you know, conserve and preserve the history of the game. Um, so I'm, I'm telling you, Holly, we're, we've been here at, at World Golf Village since 1998. It's only a 20-year-old, uh, you know, building, and we're just kind of getting started. But I'm really excited. I wouldn't have moved my entire family over to the Hall of Fame if I didn't think that really big things could happen. And I just can't stress enough what a great spot this is if you're a golfer. And if you haven't been here, you, you got to come. You know, we have 150 members who are in the World Golf Hall of Fame. Uh, each one of them has their own locker, which we haven't talked about, which I think is super important. We have a locker room, and uh, all 150 members have their own locker. And each locker really reflects – uh, their personality. So you're going to find stuff like in Betsy Rawls, all she has is, a, is an open Bible. Uh, you got Phil Mickelson has a ping pong uh, paddle in, paddle. in his locker. <laughs> yeah, I love you know, that. Yeah, it's it's great. And uh, the last thing I'll say is, you know, we have our induction yeah. ceremony this year out in New York City, the week of the President's Cup. We're going to be inducting Lorena Ochoa, Davis Love the Third, Meg Mallon, Ian Woosnam, and the late Henry Longhurst. So a lot of good stuff happening here, and I definitely would encourage those Orlando listeners. It's only an hour. Hey, my brother-in-law's in Winter Park. I drive there all the time. It's only an hour and a half, straight up 95, and a lot of family fun to be had here. Absolutely. Uh, if you're a fan of golf, a student of the game, uh, just somebody that loves cool, interactive museums, there is so much to explore at the World Golf Hall of Fame. Dave, appreciate your time so much. I know you got to get to the awards bank, and we appreciate you coming on the show for a few minutes. And uh, just thank you so much for your hospitality this whole week. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. All right, Dave Cordera. Check out everything about the World Golf Hall of Fame at WGHOF.org. You're listening to the Golf Insiders. Stay with us. More golf talk coming up. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really not so I got good eyesight, I'll be all right. I get my dentures shining bright. I got a deaf right here for those golf carts I can steer well. Golf Insiders wrapping up an hour of Intelligent Golf Talk. Live from the World Golf Village, Holly G, along with Will Perry. And we're going to waste no more time. We're going to go straight up to Ann Arbor, Michigan. Check in at the LPGA Volvic Championship. As some of you may know, we have an amazing 
golf ball manufacturer based right in our very own Orlando, Volvic, who has been just making all kinds of news this year. And uh, this is his second year sponsoring an LPGA event. We're going to check in with John Claffey, the Director of Marketing. Hey, John. Hey, Holly G. How's it going? Good. I know you're, you left town. Uh, you got away from the rain, and you're up in uh, beautiful Ann Arbor. How's the weather there? Well, it rained a little bit today, but we mostly uh, went on skates. So we got our pro-am done, and everybody played all 18 holes, and uh, it was a great day of golf. Well, you guys have been uh, on a roll, literally. Uh, you announced the, at the beginning of the year that you signed Bubba to play your pink golf ball. And uh, this, you know, is a huge breakthrough for a company like yours. I know, you know, you'd been visible on the LPGA Tour, on the Champions Tour, and uh, big home run landing Bubba Watson. Yeah, it was. It was kind of a, a nice coup. I don't think anybody saw it coming. But, uh, yeah, Bubba's out there. He's playing not only pink, but he's playing white as well. He's playing green uh, golf balls as well. He's playing what's called our S4 ball. And uh, we have currently four colors for him that have been uh, USGA approved that he has the ability to play. But he's sticking right now mostly to white and pink and, and every once in a while green. And it's just whatever he's feeling when he wakes up that morning is what he's going to put into play. So we have we don't really put any pressure on him on, uh, on what the color is going to be. In fact, we don't even know what the colors is going to be uh, on a day-to-day basis. Not surprising with Bubba, for sure. John, uh, just curious, what has the perception been like on the PGA Tour? Obviously, Volvic has been on the LPGA Tour for a while as well. What has that been like with you guys having Bubba play the ball out there on the on the tour? Yeah, you know, we we had been in uh, the PGA Tour before. We had our ball had been in play at the Masters before Bubba and uh, with Craig Sadler and Tim Petrovic had put us into play around forty PGA Tour events. Uh, so it wasn't our first entrance into the PGA Tour, but obviously it was the biggest name, and, and it's definitely opened up a lot of doors. I mean, already you you hear these big names that he's friends with, guys like Jordan and and uh, and Slocum. I mean, or, um, uh, I've, I've Brant Snedeker, I've tried the ball, and they come back and they say, hey, this, you know, had no idea, but it's a great ball. So we get all that kind of feedback, and uh, it's, it's been really, really cool, obviously. We, we went and celebrated. Um, Don Shin and I, our president, went up to the Masters for both of our first times this year and, and walked around on the practice days and watched Bubba hitting a pink golf ball around Augusta and kind of got a chance to just pat each other on the back a little bit and say, hey, isn't this cool? Well, you guys certainly have worked very hard. Share with our listeners, um, just break down the products for us, John, because some may not be that familiar with Volvic. Uh, you've got, you know, the Vibe, the Vivid, and now this S4 and S3. Tell, tell our listeners kind of the difference between these golf balls. Sure. I'll give you a little nutshell. We make a lot of different models because we are our own factory. We come up with all of our own technology. So basically, uh, all the dimple patterns are our own. We come up with all of these dimple patterns. We own the patents. And we, uh, we put them across the entire board because we, we – have a golf ball for every single golfer. So we actually have seven different models that we utilize, and uh, we four of those models would be considered a tour ball, and three of the models would be what we call a distance ball. 
So in the in the tour ball category, there is the the vibe, which is a 65 compression three piece urethane golf ball for any swing speed. So this is kind of like our answer to the Callaway Chrome Soft, and uh, and we came out with it. It's a 35.99 a dozen, but it, so it's about the best uh, value you can get for the you know extreme performance. That's the ball that just won a Golf Digest Hot List award for the second straight year. And then you congratulations. Go up, uh, Oh, thank you. Uh, you go up a tick, and uh, there's uh, the next ball up from there is called the S3. And the S3 is basically just like the Vibe, but it is a 95 compression ball, which just happens to be the same compression as uh, as a Pro V1. So that's uh, the ball that majority of the LPGA Tour players that play Volvic here in, uh, this week in Ann Arbor are playing. So there's a couple gals out in the LPGA that play Vibe because their swing speed's a little lower and they want to get maximum compression. But uh, the, our, our top players are all playing S3, as is uh, Tim Petrovic on the, uh, the Champions Tour now. So that is um, the 95 compression. And then you go up another step, and you've got a four-piece urethane golf ball, which is 105 compression. And that's the ball that Bubba's playing on the PGA Tour. So we've got those three urethane balls uh, as our tour balls in different compressions. And then we've got our uh, what we just launched is called the Vivid XT, which stands for Vivid Extreme, and this is this is the new official golf ball of World Long Drive, which is uh, we've become the title sponsor of World Long Drive um, this year. We just announced that. So from now on, when you refer to the the finals, the World Long Drive finals, you will be calling it the Volvic World Long Drive Championship. So uh, that is a three-year deal we just signed, and so it's going to be awesome. called the Volvic Worlds. And so that's a really big deal for us. And they're going to be hitting our new matte finish ball called the Vivid XT, which is a four-piece, 95 compression uh, zirconium ball. That's that's very big news. And I know um, the Golf Channel recently, I think, took uh, took partnership in that event. And they are going to have more coverage than ever. We saw a little bit more coverage last year, but they did an absolute terrific job uh, making that a very exciting event. This is the Golf Channel's new baby. Uh, they they now own and operate uh, World Long Drive. They bought it from Art Selinger, who had for many years was the guy running it out of uh, you know the Mesquite Finals that everybody would watch, you know the replay of on Christmas and whatnot. And they are making a huge deal out of it. They want this to be their next big break. They are actually uh, have already announced that this year there will be two televised events outside of the Volvic World Long Drive Finals. And uh, so they're going to start really digging in deep and showing you who these guys are and, and what they're all about. And, and uh, so you're going to start seeing uh, you're going to see an event actually in a week that's in uh, that's in Mesquite that's going to be on television. And then you're going to see an event in Denver later in the year. And then, uh, and then in September is the Volvic World Long Drive Championship. We're talking to John Claffey, the director of marketing for Volvic Golf Balls, based right in Orlando. And one last uh, question for you, John, before we go. One of the things, too, you've been terrific in supporting some of the tournaments we've been involved in. You guys work with lots of tournaments. And for anybody out there who's listening, you have a huge business in customizing golf balls and logoing golf balls and you have uh, probably the fastest turnaround of any company i've dealt with yeah well thank you for bringing that up we are we've tripled our logo business due, it's mostly due to this matte finish ball we have the vivid which is uh becoming a phenom uh, a phenomenal 
uh, sales uh, ball in the, in the world. It's probably the fastest selling golf ball of any ball right out there right now. And um, so when you put a logo on this matte finish, it really pops. And it's something that is great for tournaments, and uh, and we're happy to talk to people about it. So uh, that's definitely another option. But uh, yeah, with everything we're doing, Holly, you know, we're we're really just trying to, you know, our hashtag for our our ad campaign is is change the game, and we're trying to just have people look at it a little bit differently and and bring more fun to the game, and and that's why we're up here in Michigan uh, having our own LPGA Tour event uh, where the title sponsor is the Bulbic Championship, and and nobody else is doing that. So we're we're thinking outside the box. We're trying to we're trying to look at golf on how we can bring more new golfers into the fold and and how we can make it fun for them. and And we put on a couple junior clinics while we're up here, and, and that's really what Volvic's all about. All right, my friend. Well, we've got to run. We certainly appreciate your time. Have a great week up there in Ann Arbor. Arya Jutanyagarn is the defending champ, and Lexi Thompson's coming off a record-breaking win at Kingsmill. It should be a great event. Look forward to uh, catching some lunch when you get back in town, my friend. Thanks, Holly. Thanks for having me. See you, Will. See you, John. Right. John Claffey from Volbeck. All right, Will, just a minute left. I don't know. I gotta time. go. I gotta go with Jeff's pick of uh, of of making me think John Rahm's finally gonna pull another one out here with the stretch that he's been on lately. I'm also gonna take a quick B pick since you always do as well. I'm gonna jump on the Billy Horschel bandwagon. We know that he's streaky, so I'm gonna go with that as my number two. Ooh, ooh, Billy Horschel back to back. That's a pretty strong pick. Okay, well I'm going with that same logic. Uh, I'm going to put a little money on Siwoo Kim to come back okay. after his win off the TPC. And then, um, I don't know, I just got this little feel that uh, maybe this will be Phil's week. He likes to get a little momentum coming into the majors. And, um, you know, he likes playing in Texas. So we also got a chance to talk with Dave Pels, his short game guru, who also is based in Austin. I got a feeling he might spend a, uh, a day with with Dave, and he could be hot coming in this week. Well, if he does, I know that his uh, twenty to fifty yard game is going to be on point. So, Ab- absolutely. Well, we want to thank again the World Golf Village the Renaissance Hotel here and the World Golf Hall of Fame for being our super host all week at the twenty seventh annual ING Spring Conference. And we've had a great time here. Will, I'll see you back there next week. Uh, have a great week. And, uh, you as well. Catch you up. soon. All righty. We're out of here. We love you. Bye-bye.